Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of the Tick Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is The Artistic Braveheart, an interview with Donna Grant. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's guest is Donna Grant. Donna Grant is a 32-year-old woman from Scotland. She is an artist, writer, and university-educated therapy dog trainer. Ms. Grant is also a Lyme disease social media activist with two Instagram pages, FebStars Blog and FebStars Art. Donna Grant's Lyme disease journey started after she had graduated from university. She had secured her dream job, training guide dogs, and she was engaged to be married. Her symptoms began to slowly limit her ability to live a full life. First, she was required to rest during all non-working hours, including weekends. Then, her symptoms progressed, and she had to take time off from work. Finally, her symptoms progressed to the point where she could not perform her basic job duties, which forced her to resign her dream job. After she stopped working, she became bedbound and was required to use a wheelchair to ambulate. Donna Grant's healing journey began when she discovered the now well-known American medical doctor and author of Unlocking Lyme, Dr. Bill Rawls. Shortly after using Dr. Rawls's Vital Plan Restore Program Herbal Protocol, she regained much of her health. After feeling that her health had plateaued, she and her family decided to travel to Germany to treat at the Infusio Clinic. After three sessions at the Infusio Clinic, Ms. Grant experienced many challenges but her health is now at a level that is greater than she thought would ever be possible for her. Hello, Donna Grant, and welcome to the Tick Bootcamp podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, we're really blessed to have you, and we're really excited to have you on the podcast. So can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. So before I was sick, I actually worked full-time as a guide dog trainer for Dogs for the Blind. And I had just qualified in my job role, so I was just finding my feet, um, really enjoying my job and uh, found it really fulfilling. Um, and a typical day, I'd had four to five training dogs that I would have to look after and train at any one point. And so a typical day involved sort of walking and training those dogs twice a day. So I was very physically active um, and outside of work, I had an active social life like most young people. Um, enjoyed walking my pet dog and I was also into horse riding and would ride a friend's horse at least once per month or more so I was definitely very active before I got sick. So Donna you're not our first international guest you are our first guest from the UK so now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your accent can you uh, share with our listeners where you're from? Yeah I'm from Scotland. <laughs> so when did you begin to start to see symptoms? Um, I first started experiencing symptoms in 2011 and for me it actually all started quite gradually and it started with GI symptoms for me so I had daily chronic nausea and stomach pain and then over the course of time sort of the next year or so I developed more symptoms so I suffered from chronic pain and that was probably the most prominent and fatigue, headaches, dizziness, um, cognitive issues because I developed brain fog so I struggled to concentrate, recall words and remember things and I also also suffered from poor sleep and in the beginning when I had these symptoms I would go through phases of feeling reasonably well and then I would experience flare-ups but as time went on my symptoms worsened and became more prolonged and um, so the flare-ups became worse and uh, eventually in August of 2013 I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia by a rheumatologist and then I was basically at that point I was just relieved that I had an answer because like many people I was going back and forward to the doctors and I was getting various tests done and um, which all came back normal which makes you think you know is this all in my head or is this real so when I got my fibromyalgia diagnosis that was very validating for me and I finally had a name um, for what I was experiencing and at that point I thought that I've got a name I know what I'm dealing with now and now I can look, move forward and try to improve my health and 
sort of get a handle on my situation. Um, but unfortunately for me, I fell ill with a flu-like virus and it was absolutely horrendous. And my pain went off the charts. Um, even my clothes were hurting me. And uh, I was off work with that, of course. But I, didn't, I felt like I didn't really fully recover from that. And from that point on, my health began to deteriorate. And I would basically go from flare up to flare up. And each time I wouldn't quite recover to the same level as before. And for me, that definitely sort of, that virus definitely sort of signified the point where my level of functioning began to slowly decrease. Can you share with mm-hmm. us how your symptoms developed and how that slowly began to impact your life? Yeah, so it was just basically, they honestly felt like they crept up on me. Um, so, you know, the GI symptoms came out of nowhere. And then it was just, I went through sort of a, a process of having all of that investigated. So I saw a gastroenterologist and had an endoscopy and a biopsy and everything was fine. But it was just as time went on, I began to feel a bit more tired, had aches and pains. And then that just progressively got worse. And, you know, like I said, there was times where I would function fine and they wouldn't bother me, but then they would flare up. And each time they flared up, I would go back to my doctor and just, you know, to say, you know, something is definitely going on and I need help. So, Donna, you you had your dream job. You had graduated from university. You had your dream job and you began to feel symptoms of an illness. How is this impacting your capacity to perform at work? Uh, It definitely was having an impact. I I was very much... uh, head in the sand and keep going sort of person which was unfortunately I think to my detriment because that didn't help my health at all and I think when you're that young because when I started getting symptoms I was only I think 24 you you don't think like basically what happened to me is going to happen to you because your health to that point you kind of take for granted basically so yeah and for me because work was so important it kind of took precedence I placed so much importance in work that it was everything else that began to fall around me so my social life started to slowly kind of wind down and even just the basic things like housework I couldn't keep up with my share of the housework and my husband bless them had to take over quite a lot and you know as time progressed it basically my life became work and out with work it was spent recovering from work so I would come home and I would crash on the sofa and, and at the weekends I would often spend the weekends in my bed just trying to recoup some energy and I remember sort of as we headed into 2014 I actually started using my annual leave to take Mondays or Fridays off from work just to shorten my working week, just to try and recoup some energy. Um, But even then, I think I was just definitely in full denial mode and I didn't really want to admit that this was something serious because at that point, all I knew was that I had fibromyalgia and I didn't know that there was something else going on. So I just took that attitude that I just had to keep fighting and keep going, which with hindsight definitely wasn't the right decision because it just led to me crashing. So Donna, when you got the diagnosis of fibromyalgia, you accepted that and you noted that you were sort of in denial as time went on that there was something else wrong with you. Yeah, I definitely accepted my diagnosis because it basically at that time, it fit my symptoms to a T. I was basically classic fibromyalgia. And it wasn't until after that virus in the winter of 2013 that my symptoms really changed. Um, One of the main things that changed was I started to develop neurological symptoms. So I got numbness and sort of pins and needles and tingling all down my left side. And that was new and that scared me. Um, and I also had sort of issues with my vision. That 
was bizarre to me because it was my right eye that I had the most bother with, whereas it was sort of the left side of my body that was giving me problems. And um, of course, I went back to my GP about that and I was referred to a neurologist who had suspected um, demyelination, um, which is what happens when you have multiple sclerosis. And I had an MRI and that came back as clear, so my symptoms were put down to as likely being because of my existing diagnosis of fibromyalgia. But that was sort of when things in my head started thinking, well, maybe it's not. But you're going to your GP and you're seeing your GP and they're saying, uh, I think my, my GP had said at the time that it was possible that I developed chronic fatigue syndrome in addition to fibromyalgia and that sort of fit with symptoms too. So I did accept that. Yeah, it's hard when you're going to your doctor and they're saying that there's nothing more they can do for you and you're basically at your rock bottom. Don, I think so many of us Lymeys can relate to that. And it seems like once you got that virus and never fully recovered, that's when you started to realize there's more here than fibromyalgia. Can you talk about, you mentioned that your pain was primarily on, I'm sorry, not your pain, your neurological symptoms were primarily on the left side of your body. Can you talk more about that? The best way I can describe it is my leg would feel like, you know, if you're sort of sitting on your leg and you get a dead leg and then that feeling of when it comes back to life, that was like what I had in my leg constantly. And it was horrible and I would get pins and needles in my foot and my foot even, I would say my foot even went numb for about a period of a week. Um, so that was really scary. And at the time, obviously, I was worried about multiple sclerosis um, because that would be, you know, a sign of that. And it wasn't until years later when I learned about Lyme disease and I was reading about it that I uh, learned that obviously Lyme often presents as arthritis because the bacteria Borrelia likes like to eat your collagen basically and I also found out that when they get into your nervous system they can also go for the myelin which is what covers and protects your nerves and helps the communication between your nerves I believe so once I then found out that I had Lyme disease that made everything make sense suddenly. And in addition to these other symptoms you had light and sound sensitivity and chronic headaches which are common as well with us Lyme's right? Yeah that's right yeah. So now, now that you're starting to feel worse and worse and worse, at what point did you start to challenge fibromyalgia with your doctors and push for another diagnosis? Well, I basically, when I, I feel like I hit my rock bottom, it was about, I think that was in the autumn of 2014, and that was when I felt like my absolute worst. I was basically bedbound, even just struggling to get out of bed. And again, I was being told that, you know, it was just fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, and luckily for me, I have a blog and through my blog I got an email pinged into my inbox and it was from a publicist who asked me if they could send me a book to review on my blog and that book was called Suffered Long Enough written by an amazing doctor called Dr. Bill Rawls um, and that was the first of me learning about the connection between fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome and Lyme disease. I was very naive about Lyme disease at that point. It wasn't something that I knew much about. It wasn't something that I even thought I was at risk of getting and I remember that I was so tired at that point that the idea of reading a book was bottom of the priority list um, and it was my mum that encouraged me to take um, take this effort up and she would help me because at that point my concentration was so poor that I would I was struggling with reading a book so we got the book and we went through the book and I thought you know what I'm going to take a leap of faith and I'm going to follow Dr. Roll's protocol. So in January of 2015, I began, I began taking um, his protocol, which is called the Vital Plan Restore Program. And it's basically a herbal pro, uh, program and also talks you through like an elimination diet and lifestyle changes that you can make um, to help yourself. And initially for the first month, 
I actually felt worse, but there was just this inner voice in me that was telling me that I needed to continue with it. And I can't tell you what that was or where it came from, but I just knew I needed to continue with it. And after a month, I actually began seeing slow and steady improvements. And it wasn't like continuous improvement. I would still have periods of time where I would take dips and not feel so good. But to start to feel those little glimmers of hope was everything. Yeah, and I honestly couldn't believe that I responded to the herbs as well as I did. Donna, you happened to stumble upon Dr. Rawls before you had a Lyme diagnosis. And Dr. Rawls is a Lyme expert in the Lyme community with a natural protocol, his herbal protocol called the Vital Plan Restore Program. And you had taken that and gotten better before you even knew you had Lyme because you stumbled upon it through your blog. Yep. So I was basically taking a herbal protocol for Lyme disease and basically because Dr. Rosa said this can be helpful for fibromyalgia. So I was basically treating my Lyme disease before I even knew I had Lyme. And at that point, you started to feel better and you realized there's something here. I'm feeling better and I want to push down this road even further, right? Well, what happened was I was basically um, content with taking the herbs and seeing the progress for the herbs. And I took the Restore program for a year and then I kind of felt like I was plateauing and I kind of I had, within that year I was experimenting I discovered through Dr. Rawls a uh, herbalist called Stephen Booner who has written books online. I would say I used the Restore program as like a foundation and then as time went on I began adding in different herbs um, just from what I'd read in Stephen Booner's books but I kind of felt like I plateaued um, as we were heading into 2016 and that's when I decided to look into other options so the first thing that I actually did was I decided to try a course of hyperbaric oxygen therapy and this is where you basically you go inside the chamber and you pressurize this and you have to build up to how much you do but basically you build up to it's like two times atmospheric pressure I think and then you breathe in pure oxygen and a session lasts for about 90 minutes and at that time, there was a lot of noise in the media about hyperbaric oxygen therapy and fibromyalgia. And there have been studies that had shown it had really helped to improve symptoms. And here in the UK, you can get access to hyperbaric oxygen through multiple sclerosis charities. And to begin with, I think they only accepted MS patients, but then they began to accept people with fibromyalgia due to these studies. So I decided that I was going to give this a try because it just sounded so positive. And the protocol was five sessions a week for four weeks. And that was what you were to do. And I, I lasted, I think it was a week and a half or two weeks, and my body just crashed. I couldn't handle it. And I think, to be honest, it was just too much for my body because I was still, although I was doing better at that point, I was still quite weak in the sense that my body wasn't so resilient um, and things could easily kind of put me into a bit of a relapse. And I think it was just too much. I had to travel about 45 minutes in the car. Like, I couldn't drive because I was too sick to drive, but my parents very kindly took me to my sessions. Um, so I think the drive to the sessions and the session itself, sitting up in the chamber, it was just too much for my body. And at that point as well, my body didn't like being upright. What I later learned was my autonomic nervous system was completely out of whack. And I had issues with my blood pressure and my heart rate was too high. And I think it was just too much, uh, asking too much of my body. And I completely crashed. And I just felt, oh, this obviously isn't the right thing for me but I think what that did was put little alarm bells in my head that there's definitely something going on that I need to find the answers to 
Donna, I'd like to back up a quick second. So before you started Dr. Rolls' protocol, you were bed bound at that point. You were being dependent on your husband and your parents to really care for you. And then your health progressed with Dr. Rolls' protocol and then the addition of Dr. Buner's protocol. Can you tell us how far <laughs> you progressed before you went to try that hyperbaric oxygen therapy? I would probably say I was maybe 50% better. It's really, I find sort of like saying on scales really difficult because it's really hard to put a percentage on it, but that's, I would maybe say 40 to 50% better. What were you doing next? It sounds like you found another doctor. Yeah. So I basically did, did what I always seem to do. And I took to the internet and I did some research and I connected with people who went, had success going to a clinic um, down by London. And uh, I decided it was a private clinic, so it wasn't NHS, so that you had to pay, as a UK citizen, you had to pay for your own treatment. But I decided the approach that I would take is I would go for a consult, see what the doctor had to say, and take it from there. And so that was, I think, the September of 2016, I went down to, uh, to London to have this consult. And it was actually really refreshing because medical appointments here or can be quite frustrating both for the patient and the doctor because typically when you go to your GP you have a 10 minute window to tell them what's going on and obviously that comes with its challenges um, but I went, when I went to this clinic I had two full hours to tell the doctor you know my history of symptoms and go over everything and so based on my clinical presentation and what I was telling him he ordered a bunch of tests and that included Lyme disease testing and that Lyme disease test, did that come back positive? Well, I actually had three tests. The Lisa came back with an abnormal result for Bartonella, but it wasn't CDC positive for Lyme. And with me saying that, I should point out that that test and a Western blot went to the USA for my blood to be tested, which is why I'm mentioning the CDC. And the Western blot came back with three out of five IgG antibodies, which again isn't CDC positive. I also had a test, I think, I don't know how to correctly pronounce it, I think it's a Melissa or Melisa, and that was done in Germany, and that was, I'd never heard of this test before, um, and it was slightly different, it was, um, I think it's called a lymphocyte transformation test, and basically, um, my understanding of it is that it could tell you whether you have a current infection or not. And it came back with a definite positive. So between those three tests and my clinical sort of presentation, my doctor diagnosed me with Lyme disease. And he is a Lyme literate doctor. When I was actually getting treated there, he went to get tra uh, some additional training with Dr. Horowitz, I think his name is in New York. So he was very switched on to Lyme. And I think even before the tests came in, he, I think he knew that I had Lyme disease. This doctor in uh, near London was working with Dr. Horowitz out of New York, and he's the Lyme litter doctor who eventually diagnosed you with Lyme disease using a combination <laughs> of the ELISA, which identified the Bartonella, the Western blot, and then ultimately the, I guess, the Melissa test. So now, yeah. that, now that you have a proper diagnosis, you realize that a lot of the herbal therapies you've been taking have been really good for the Lyme disease. What does he do next to help you now continue your healing journey? I got the result for Lyme, but I also found out a bunch of things that had gone wrong in my body, which was very overwhelming. So I found out like I had mitochondrial dysfunction and the mitochondria are the sort of little energy powerhouses in your cells. 
and mine just did not work properly at all and I had issues with my gut and so it was basically up to me to decide what I wanted to do with treatment and I decided at that point that I would like to continue with a herbal protocol sort of under the guidance of my doctor and it was very similar to what I did with the Restore program. I think it was just a bit more intense in that I also took a lot more supplements to help with my gut and a lot more supplements to help with my energy. And he also put me on a drug called Artesanate, which I believe works like an intracellular antibiotic. And I, I, that's probably one of the only drugs that I've taken that I actually really responded well to. And I, he also suggested that I do uh, infrared sauna treatments they have hypothermia bed at the clinic that you can go and use, but it was very expensive. And the idea of that is to sort of heat your body up and it helps to kill off the bacteria or so I believe. But it was just very expensive and it would involve me going down and staying away from home for a few weeks and I just couldn't commit to that. So instead, I sort of thought the second best option was that I bought a portable infrared sauna. And although that's not quite the same thing, the idea was basically um, because at that point, especially I couldn't exercise, the sauna was to help, you know, get me sweating and help with detox. And initially I did respond to that protocol and I did see improvements. But unfortunately, about three months after I started it, I fell sick with a chest infection and um, I had to take amoxicillin for that because it was quite a bad infection. And it also caused a relapse of my Lyme symptoms. And, you know, the chest infection resolved, but the Lyme symptoms didn't. Um, and it, for me, it was most of like an increase in pain, increase in flu-like feeling, increase in fatigue. I was absolutely exhausted. So I, you know, got in touch with um, my Lyme literate doctor. And he advised at that point that I should start antibiotic treatment for Lyme. And I have to admit that up until that point, I'd been quite resistant to taking antibiotics just because I wasn't sure about their usefulness for long-term cases of Lyme disease. And also because I had the energy issues and the gut issues, I, would, I was really worried that antibiotics would make that worse. But I'd kind of reached the point where I thought, you know what, this is worth a try. I'm going to try this. So I was prescribed two different antibiotics. I can't remember the names of them, but one was to combat sort of the spirochete form of Lyme. The other was to deal with the cyst form of Lyme and also covered for Bartonella. And again, I can't remember the name of it, but I was also on a biofilm breaker. And because that's quite aggressive, I was also given probiotics and uh, I think it was a natural supplement called Lorisidin, which is antifungal in nature and grapeseed extract, which is for like basically antifungal just to help with your gut because one of the problems with antibiotic use is that it can disrupt sort of the bacteria in your gut and lead to things like candida overgrowth and unfortunately that is what happened to me and my doctor wanted me to take the antibiotics for three months and I took them for six weeks and I just I just couldn't handle it anymore um, because they were making me feel really poorly and I just couldn't I just couldn't cope with it they made my fatigue a lot worse and I felt really, really nauseous the whole time I was on them. I was struggling to eat and my level of functioning just plummeted. And with that, my mental health plummeted as well. And I just thought, I can't keep doing this. And I just got this feeling that this wasn't the right path for me to take. And when I did stop them, I did feel a little improvement in some symptoms. But it did take me a long time to sort of regain my energy back to where I was before. And um, of course, I ended up with a bad candida infection 
And at that point, I just thought, mm, what, is, what is going on? Because uh, a little while after that, my doctor decided to sort of repeat the Melissa test and it came back as indeterminate. So it wasn't positive and it wasn't negative. And at that point, I just kind of felt, well, I don't think it's level, like high levels of infection. I think the infections are under control. I don't think that's my problem. And I thought my problem is actually the damage that the bacteria had done to my body. Um, and that was probably what was causing the majority of my symptoms. And, um, of course, to my immune system as well. I don't think my immune system was working as it should. So, Donna, at this point, you now feel that the Lyme bacteria is no longer the root cause of your symptoms. You feel the damage from the Lyme to your body is causing your symptoms. So how do you now work on that? Now that you aren't targeting the Lyme, what's your next step? Yeah, so again, I did what I do best and I went to the internet and I did lots of reading. And before this point, I'd become aware of a clinic in Germany called Infusio and I'd heard of really good success that they were having. But of course, the idea of going to a clinic abroad was very intimidating, especially when you're really poorly. And I didn't think it would be something that I would be able to do. But the more I researched it, and um, one of the treatments that Infuso uses stem cells. So the more I read about stem cells, the more exciting it sounded to me. And well, I think it's important that I should say that you know stem cells are not a magic bullet and there's no guarantee that you will improve. But the idea behind them is that they will help to sort of modulate and repair your immune system and repair the damage that's done to your body. So I did a lot of sort of reading into it and research into it and I followed a lot of people online who'd gone for this treatment and seen them making improvements and so my family and I decided that that was my next step and that's what I should do so in October sort of November time of 2017 I flew to Germany and I went through a two-week program at the clinic um, in Fusio. And I think it's important to also say that it's, it, they call it a Lyme disease program, but it doesn't actually sort of treat Lyme as such. It's about treating the underlying sort of damage and dysfunction in your body so that you're building your immune system up and getting it strong enough to fight the bacteria itself. So I had various treatments when I was there, um, various IV therapies, I had ozone therapy, which is oxygen therapy, thymus therapy, which is to help modulate your immune system. Um, they do lymphatic drainage there, and sort of the, the lymphatic system is to help with your body to detox. So that was to help with that. Laser therapy, um, which was just to help sort of your body to release its own stem cells. So when it came to sort of harvesting them, they would get higher numbers and yeah so in the end of the second week it started all culminating and having stem cell therapy and the type of stem cell therapy that I had was known as stromal vascular fraction and this is where they take fat from your lower back they extract the stem cells from this fat and um, it's just a small procedure with local anesthetic it's like a small liposuction basically and yeah they extract the stem cells from what they take from your back and the fat and then they give it back to you intravenously then you go away and you heal um, and there's some people who are very lucky and they go for this treatment and they immediately feel better and then they continue to feel better but a lot of people like me go through a sort of roller coaster of ups and downs throughout the course of um, treatment and they say that it is a process that basically goes on for a year um, which is really challenging because 
first of all, you've got to kind of put your trust in these doctors that this is working and this is helping, especially when um, I certainly went through times where my symptoms increased and these were healing symptoms, but they felt almost worse than the disease itself. And, you know, I just had to kind of ride those through and then I would come out feeling stronger. And that's kind of the cycle that I went through. So I would take a dip and then I would come out and then I'd feel better than before I started. And I've actually been back to Germany a couple of times for additional treatment. And although it's probably been one of the most difficult things that I've done, it's definitely been worth it for me. And my level of functioning is so much better than it's been in years. Donna, so it's going to back up to your first trip there with Infusio in Germany. So aside mm -hmm. from the stem cell therapy that you received at the end of your first trip, they did a wide variety of other treatments to boost your immune system and to help your body heal itself from the damage from Lyme disease. The one you mentioned that I'd like you to speak a little bit more about is the laser therapy. Can you describe what the treatment was like and exactly what that was used for? Yeah, so it was, a, a basically, it was a laser bed. So it basically looked like a giant sunbed. That's the best way I could describe it. And you went in each day and you lay in it. And I think the idea was to increase um, the stem cells that are in your body. Uh, that would definitely be one that could definitely clarify exactly with Infusio, but that was my understanding of it. Um, it's because they want to increase that, so when they extract um, the fat, they're getting the highest count possible. And I think there's other benefits to that as well, and one of the things was I find was that definitely any aches or pains that you had, it definitely helped with that as well. Now, do you think, looking back at your three trips to Infusio, were they worth it? They were for me, yeah, definitely. Like before Infusio, my symptoms had improved and I was starting to get out and have a life. But for me, I was still very limited in that there was only so much that I could do. And even to go out and about, I would rely on mobility aids. So if I knew I was going out for a whole day, I would be relying on a wheelchair. I had a mobility scooter just so that I could go out and walk my dog. Because before I went to Infusio, I still suffered with fatigue and exercise intolerance, which I think a lot of that, as well as my energy issues, the dysfunction with my autonomic system was contributing to that as well. So like I said, my body didn't like being upright. So even simple things like sitting up in a chair for a long period of time would leave me feeling ill. And now it's like night and day. Um, it, that kind of thing doesn't cause me an issue. Um, I can exercise again. And although I'm not 100% and maybe I never will be, you know, the improvements have definitely been worth it for me. And I'm back to socialising again and I'm working for myself. My blog is now my job. And I also recently started selling prints of my artwork on Etsy. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm making a small income for myself again. And, yeah, I'm just living and I'm just happy. So, yeah, it's 100% been worth it for me. Donna, your Instagram, F-E-B-S-T-A-R-S-B-L-O-G, is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's some, of some of your artwork and your inspirational stories on there. And there's a link in your bio to your Etsy store to look at some of your artwork that you have for sale at a very reasonable rate and very reasonable international shipping to the States. So I'd encourage our listeners to take a look. Um, I think I'm going to buy something as soon as we're done with this already. I'm, I've been looking as we're talking. So um, you're very talented, and we thank you for sharing your story on your Instagram. But I'd like to just ask you, you know, to, to kind of looking back, what were your game changers? From my observation of this discussion, I feel your interaction with Dr. Rawls and his protocol was probably game changer number one. 
And then your second yes. was Infusio and all of the treatment then to now kind of rebuild and, and strengthen your body from the damage. Is that, in your personal experience, do you think those are the two game changers to recover your health? Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people actually ask me if I wish I had stem cells sooner. And I do have a, a blog post on my blog where I go into that in more detail. And, the you know, my gut... Your gut response wants to be yes, but actually when I reflect back on it, the answer is no, because I do feel that everything that I did beforehand was almost like in preparation for stem cells and that I built a really solid foundation of my health. And that was 100% definitely the Restore program played a huge role in that. And Donna, today you're now, as you mentioned, doing so much better. In fact, within the last month, you went to a wedding and were completely pain-free and felt 100%. Yeah, well, I would say the biggest difference is I don't live in chronic pain anymore. That's a huge bonus. And then I can be blessed with days like I did at the beginning of my month. Uh, the month my brother got married, and it was an amazing day. And honestly, during that day, you would you wouldn't know that there was you know I had any health issues or challenges because I basically had a fantastic day and I danced the night away and I was just like everybody else. Um, but that's not to say that I'm that way all of the time you know I still have some challenges with energy sometimes so I'm not a hundred percent better but I am significantly significantly better. Don we're going to ask you uh, to bless our listeners with one more thought uh, knowing what you know now what would you do if you woke up in the morning and you found that you were bitten by a tick? First of all I think I would probably panic <laughs> but no more seriously the first thing that I would do is I would remove the tick and I have tick removers like proper tick removers and I would encourage everyone to have one of those um, I have two which is sort of like the ones that you're going to get for dogs to remove from dogs and I also have like a little tick card which are brilliant because you can carry them with you everywhere so I would carefully remove the tick and correctly remove the tick and then knowing what I know now this would be a personal choice of mine and this isn't something that I'm giving as advice so don't take this as medical advice because I am not a doctor, but personally, I would decide to take terrible therapies to help support my body and to support my immune system. And that decision is just basically based on how well I responded to herbs before. And that would be if I was asymptomatic, just to help support my body. And the second that I either, if I happened to develop a bullseye rash or if I got flu-like symptoms or my fatigue or symptoms got worse, I would 100% be going straight to my doctor and asking for antibiotics. Donna, how have you been changed by your Lyme experience? And how do you think your life would have been different had you not had contact with uh, the Lyme bacteria? So I think the main way that my life has changed and how I've changed is that I take things a lot more slower paced now. I feel like whereas before I was super busy, always on the go, multitasking. Now it's slower and I single task and I just focus on the one goal that I want to do and take my time doing that. And I think when you slow down, you're more sort of aware of what's going on around you. And I think that I practice gratitude a lot more now and I'm a lot more grateful for the smaller things in life and I also think that I'm a lot more empathetic as a person that's definitely sort of positive that's come out of having Lyme disease and yeah I think that would be the main the main sort of change in my life is to do with my work and obviously if I didn't get sick I would still be working as a guide dog trainer I'm sure I'd be very fulfilled and I would be loving that job but equally 
I've found sort of new passions and new things that I'm enjoying. And I don't think, you know, like I wouldn't be selling my artwork, I wouldn't be blogging. And, you know, those are things that bring me a lot of joy. So it just goes to show that even if your life doesn't turn out how you thought it was going to, it can still be very enjoyable and very fulfilling. Donna, you're, you're such an inspiration. You went from being completely debilitated and bedbound and being taken care of by your husband and your parents with neurological Lyme to now being able to take care of yourself and be pain-free. So you're such an inspiration for our listeners, and I'm so happy that you were able to join us today, and I can't thank you enough for joining us on our podcast. Thank you for listening to the Tick Bootcamp interview with Donna Grant. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you would like to learn more about Donna Grant and her tick disease journey, please visit her Instagram page at FebStarsBlog. Second, Matt and I have each purchased a piece of Donna Grant's beautiful art. I will be displaying my purchase on the Tick Bootcamp Instagram page. If you are like us and you are moved by Donna's beautiful art, you can purchase copies of Donna's paintings at her Etsy shop, FebStarsArt at Etsy.com. Third, if you enjoyed this 31st episode of the Tick Bootcamp podcast, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Fourth, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates for our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review on iTunes or on our website. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thank you for listening.